1: Do we really know what happened? The I brother did The it. brother, that's what I thought too! I mean, that seems like kind of obvious. We're both into like true crimes. Uh,
0: deathy murdery thing.
1: Yeah, maybe that should be the title. Uh, <laughs> uh deathy
0: murdery thing.
1: Could be that. Could be something not that, because that sucks. That's
0: going to be our theme song. It'll be you just a silent, it'll be flat and out of tune every time.
1: Let's go, this is mystery murdery, murdery thing. thing. I don't think it's, <laughs> 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 you don't think my phone sitting on top of a table is is janky? No. <laughs> I guess it's true because it's, like, an iPhone, so it can't really be janky. <laughs> Unless it were, like, an iPhone 4 or something. What if I still had an iPhone 4?
0: That would be weird.
1: Right. What if I still had my flip phone that I was my first cell phone in college. <laughs> I'd break up with you. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't a flip phone. It was, like, one of those slide-out phones.
0: I had one of those. Yeah. But it didn't go up. It went horizontal.
1: Oh, yeah, mine was vertical. Those are weird. <laughs> it, was, it was strange. It was strange at the time. It was strange. But I also don't... And it was funny because, like, one of the characters in Under the Dome was talking about the same thing. Like, cell phones are fucking annoying because people can call you at any time of the day. And they expect you to be available. Yeah. Which is not how it was before that. And I, like, sort of vaguely remember that. Because I'm old. <laughs> I went anyway, to New York with that a cell phone that one time.
0: That's, like, Dangerous. <laughs> I don't know,
1: but it, it was, like, at that time when it wasn't, like, expected that you would have a cell phone. It was still, like...
0: Have you ever met anybody without a cell phone?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm i trying to remember who. I think one of my professors in undergrad, like, just didn't own a cell phone. Like, refused to buy one. Because at the at, even at that point, it was, like, becoming, like, where you, it was you were expected to have one. And therefore, expected to be on call twenty four seven,
0: like doctors.
1: Right, but just as a person, just as a member of society. Anyway, I'm gonna. I'm probably just gonna cut out all this. Yeah. <laughs> but, we kind of got talking. Anyway. Anyway. Dude, I just got really tired. Oh no. We gotta do this. We need to do this. It is technically Wednesday.
0: Oh, yeah. Happy Wednesday, Happy everybody. Wednesday. Wednesday.
1: Wednesday. Wednesday.
0: Wednesday. Wednesday.
1: This <laughs> <laughs> is so I liked it. Yeah, it's Home good. Day. We'll never leave Wednesday unless it becomes convenient at some point to do so. I, like, I think I like Wednesdays. <laughs> I think so, too.
0: It's like you're halfway there. You're chugging along. You're doing right, good. Right, right.
1: Although, this week, Wednesday is my Friday, so. Nice. Yeah, double good Wednesday.
0: Wednesday is my Wednesday.
1: Nice. Good for you.
0: So what are we, uh, who are you?
1: My name's Mario. Who am I? Your name's Chloe. What is
0: this thing?
1: This is mystery murdery thingy. What? We talk about... All things mysterious.
0: And unsolved.
1: And th- with a thinginess to them.
0: So, I'm like rocking back and forth because I'm so content right, right now.
1: You look like you're like swaying in the wind. Swaying just, in the wind of the mysteries. I've just Ooh, got great. So mysterious.
0: There's just some great vibes going on right now, even though we are both approaching very weird subjects, I believe. So are I think you we're doing- both a little
1: punch drunk because it is like... Almost one in the morning. <laughs> I don't care. It's fine. I'm a night owl.
0: So am I. That's why I, I feel like this is like a good time. I don't know.
1: Right. Um, we're also we're in the podcasting basement.
0: Yep. It's a cute room.
1: Right, deep in the heart of America.
0: Not janky.
1: I didn't say that the room was janky. I <laughs> said that our floors set up here. Oh. Um, Which, you know, hope like said hope hopefully we can figure out, like, recording into maybe our headphones or, like, a microphone. Yeah, we
0: tried some high-techy tech stuff right. today.
1: We want to sound a little bit better. Now, we do want to, we are a lo-fi podcast.
0: Lo-fi.
1: And we'll always bam, be bam, lo-fi.
0: I've been really try. Baby. I don't know, see how that,
1: how does that song relate? I don't
0: know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, what was the connection there? <laughs> I just feel
0: like lo-fi,
1: like, oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> I regret everything. Like, I could see maybe if you did, like, a uh, Luther Vandross song, you know, like, he has a really low voice. <laughs> okay, we're
0: moving on. And
1: Marvin Gaye is a little bit different. We're moving on. Okay, moving on, moving on. Who's going, who should go first?
0: Are you doing a mystery or murdery or a thingy?
1: Is that what. Oh, you were you were asking me that? Mm
0: hmm. Is that.
1: Do you really want to know? Is that something that you're really dying to find we, out? We try, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to implement routine I know. within the podcast. And I'm trying to, to stop it. I'm are
0: you? Are actively you? actively
1: getting in your way. <laughs> anyway, okay. Yes, I, I'm doing a thingy. Okay. Very much thingy. So am I. Good. I'll go first. Got it. Great. I'm
0: excited. Okay.
1: So, this one I'm actually really excited about. Yeah. Because I came into this very skeptical because I'm a naturally pretty skeptical person. I knew you would be skeptical of it. Well, of course, because it's kids who remember their past lives. Like... That's what I'm doing. Kids who remember their their supposed or purported past selves from a re- reincarnated.
0: You can't explain that shit.
1: It's that's true, and that's why I'm so excited about it. Because I went from a skeptic to very much in the camp of there's very there's a lot left to be explained. I'm in this so
0: one. glad you're on my side now.
1: It's very very mysterious, and I'm mainly going to talk about the research of. One particular man named Jim Tucker, who's, as far as I could find out, one of the very, very few people in the whole world who's actually studying this phenomenon. But it is a pretty well-documented phenomenon. And he works, excuse me, as a psychiatrist at the University of Virginia's Medical Center, uh, specifically the Division of Perceptual Studies. So, yeah, I mean, he's a legit, you know, psychiatrist psychologist and professor at UVA, which is a really good school. So, like, this isn't some kook, you know, just first of all. Like, (laughs) a real professor is willing to, like, look into this. So that initially told me, like, okay, maybe there's something here. And he um, basically continued the work of his predecessor named Ian Stevens. And Ian Stevens had been compiling cases of children who remember their past lives since 1961. Whoa. Yeah. And then uh, Professor Tucker's been doing it since, like, the late 90s. And all in all, they have more than 2,500 case files.
0: Holy shit.
1: So there's a pretty good body of, like, research here, That's right? so
0: bizarre. Yeah.
1: So the cases, which are all children... And almost all between the ages of two and six, so very young children. Um, from, you know, first of all, and and no adults for some reason, claim to have been specific, usually just regular people who weren't you know famous or anything who died many years um, before they were born. Although the average is like 16 months between like the purported death of the previous person and then the birth of the the child who's like talking about it, right? Um, and within those 2,500 cases, there's like some other patterns that emerge. So the median age of the previous person's death was 28. So someone
0: who died young
1: kind of tells you something, right? Exactly, yeah. someone who died young under maybe some unnatural, let's say, circumstances, violent circumstances. And the median time, like I said, between the death and the birth is 16 months. Uh, 60% of the children are male. So hmm. mostly male, but not like a huge, you know, majority. Uh, 70% of them claim to have died, their, their previous selves died, by violent or unnatural deaths. And uh, 90% say that they were the same gender in the previous life as they were... 90%? Only... Yeah, 90%. So it's not 100%. And there was one in uh, one of the videos I was watching. It was like a little boy who lived in like Oklahoma or something who claimed to have been this woman from Chicago who died in a fire. And as with some of the other ones, gave a specific name for her, which is one of the really truly freaky things about that's this freaky. and we'll, we'll get into a couple of specific cases there are a lot more details a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's that's why i'm excited um so just to get back to the the 2500 cases uh 20 of them say that they remember the time between death and birth And they describe it variously, you know, basically in line with Mm. what their families, you know, how the religion in which they were raised. Children um, who make these claims tend to be more intelligent, but they're not more likely to have, like, mental or emotional issues. And it doesn't really seem to be linked to, like, abuse or anything like that. So... You know, just in terms of like other possible explanations, and although these are more common in countries that believe in reincarnation, like a lot of them came from India, um, those cases don't tend to be more of the strong cases. So, in other words, there's no real correlation between like the belief in reincarnation and how. you know, kind of uh, believable the story is of the reincarnation itself. And the evidence does vary widely in these cases. Some of them are really easily debunked. Uh, They're just children who are basically making it up or the family's trying to get money out of it or publicity. um, The parents or whomever kind of remembers things incorrectly and creates this kind of like story Or just coincidence. But there are definitely some that are a lot more real. Um, And they do tend to be kind of tied to um, sometimes a child dealing with, like, the loss of a loved one. So kind of maybe redirecting that emotional grief through this idea of kind of reincarnation. But I'm going to talk about one particular case that is... um, Definitely more more convincing. And that's the case of Ryan Hammonds. So Ryan was four years old when he started talking about um his past life. And up to that point he always liked play directing movies. Like his parents said that he would they would always hear him shouting like action from like his room and stuff, you know, like he was was playing out uh being a director. And uh, he would also wake up in the middle of the night screaming and clutching his chest, saying that he dreamed his heart exploded when he was in Hollywood. Which he told his mom was because he used to be someone else. What the fuck? Just out of the blue, talking about how he used to be this big well, not big, but like he used to be a Hollywood director. Uh, he said that he had three sons, and he started um, crying when he couldn't remember like what his sons' names were. Like he was so like emotionally, and this is also something I guess that that tends to be the case with these, was just like so emotionally overcome by like having this sort of memory of a past life, oh, but not never knew really that. being able to remember specifics that he wanted to, and it made him like really upset.
0: That's not something you'd ever think about,
1: I feel like, with this. And that's part of what makes it, I think, more plausible as well. It's not, like, typical childhood behavior. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, it, it just doesn't seem like, you know, there's a lot of other um, kind of good explanations for why they, they would be so, anyway, his mom, Cindy, was obviously, like, really freaked out by this, right? It's really weird and, like, kind of disturbing. But she was also kind of intrigued. And she yeah. started, like, yeah. yeah like, One like, of us. What is One this? One
0: of us. <laughs> exactly.
1: And she started going through, like, books with um, information and pictures and stuff about, like, old Hollywood, like, with Ryan, like, him sitting on her lap and then, like, both looking through, which is pretty cute in and of itself, right? And in one of those books, they found a black-and-white photo from a movie from the 1930s called Night After Night, and Ryan pointed to a picture and said, that's me. Oh, that's
0: so weird. Yeah,
1: and he pointed to another person in the picture, and he said... That's George. I used to do pictures with him. And Cindy did some more research because the book didn't really have the names of anyone or anything. It wasn't like there was a caption that said yeah. this, right? Yeah. Just if you were thinking that, like, he, oh, he's just reading it or whatever. No. In fact, she um, had to talk with a um, film historian who did research She got in in contact with Professor Tucker and he helped her to get in contact with this researcher and the George from the picture was named George. Whoa. So that's our first kind of clue that like, oh, maybe there's kind of something going on here because how would he know that? You know, you could say like, oh, maybe his parents were... No, no, his parents don't know who the hell these people are. Oh, maybe he read it on the Internet. This information, that specific information was not on the Internet. Like, yeah, and he's four years old.
0: He said when was this?
1: Um, I'm not sure. It was, I think, in, like, the late 2000s or something, early 2010s, something like that. So the George from the book was George Raft, an obscure but popular in his day actor from the 1930s and 40s. And they found it a little bit harder to identify the guy who Ryan said was his past self. Oh, excuse me. Ooh. 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 Keep (laughs) going. With Tucker's help, they, like I said, got in touch with a film archivist. And that archivist found out that the man in the picture was a man named Martin Martin. M-A-R-T-I-N-M-A-R-T-Y-N.
0: Okay. Which
1: I'm assuming is a stage name, because that just seems too funny to to be real. Um, Martin Martin was an uncredited extra in that movie. Not a famous actor at all. And um, Tucker held that info uh, from Cindy and Ryan and went to see them. And he brought four photos, three random photos and one of this Martin Martin's wife. And he asked Ryan, you know, do any of these mean anything to you? And Ryan pointed and said, that was my wife. And he was right.
0: Oh, my God. So there's another,
1: like, how the hell do you explain that? Other than there's something going on here. Yeah. And this is the point in my research where I'm like, maybe there's something going on here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm pretty skeptical, but God, I mean when every other, you know, possibility has been exhausted, what, whatever you're left with has to be true, right? The old Sherlock Holmes quote, you know? It's like, I don't know. Anyway, there, there's more with, with this story. This is, like, the main case that, that um, was detailed in my research. So, all in all, Ryan is able to give literally dozens, over 50 specific facts that checked out about this past life that he purported Holy to crap. to remember. So just in case you're thinking, oh okay, one, two, maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe he's sort of, I don't know, guessing very, you know, deftly. I don't know. It maybe that's possible. But over fifty dozens of specific facts, including that he used to be a dancer in New York, that he worked as an agent, that in that agency, people had a lot of different names, their different stage names, uh, that he had different wives, that he had three sons. It, it goes on and on and on.
0: What about, what about the heart explosion?
1: Uh, I believe that that was also um, matched up. I didn't write it down in my research here, but... Uh, I Yeah, I recall that the, they talked about how that matched up too. And there Did other he have cases. a heart
0: attack or was he shot or something? No,
1: I think he had a heart attack, if I remember correctly. So eventually they also meet Martin's daughter. And it's a very kind of strange meeting. Um, it doesn't really go well because Ryan's kind of really freaked out by her. He just kind of hides behind his mom the whole time. And uh, she's also kind of freaked out by him, obviously. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? Right? This guy who's, like, claiming to be the reincarnation of your dead father. We'll get into one that's even weirder than that later, actually. (laughs) Um, But after he meets Martin's daughter, all of this, blah, 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 um, Ryan's fixation kind of diminishes as time goes on, which is also very common. Once they get kind of past a certain age... The children, um, the intensity around their, like, memory of these past lives tends to to kind of fade. So, I wanted to read, um, you know, we've talked about this Professor Tucker a few times, right, this, like, main researcher into this. I just wanted to read a a couple of quotes from him um, that kind of explain a little bit about his thinking of what's kind of going on here, right? Oh, my
0: God. Do I want to hear this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it good? Is it, not, is it depressing? No,
1: it's definitely not depressing. Okay. But it's, it's very speculative. Okay. And that's kind of the main kind of thing with, with his research and what he thinks. So this is from a, a, a magazine article from the, the UVA magazine. So uh, Professor Tucker, quote, I understand the leap it takes to conclude there is something beyond what we can see and touch. But there is this evidence here that needs to be accounted for. And when we look at these cases carefully, some sort of carryover of memories often makes the most sense. Close quote. And I I think that's just like a really good encapsulation of just a rational way to, a a rational reaction to these cases. The
0: carrying over of memories?
1: The, The carrying over of memories like I said before, it, it's, it's a completely implausible explanation. It doesn't sort of facially make sense in terms of what we know about the physical world. But what other explanation is there to explain this evidence? Like you said, but there is this evidence here that needs to be accounted for. Yeah. How would he know that the guy's name was George? How would he know that the guy that he used to be, had three sons, blah, da 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 there's, like, all this evidence. Anyway, um, another qu- uh, quote from Tucker, quote, quantum physics indicates that our physical world may grow out of our consciousness. That's a view held not just by me, but by a number of physicists as well. Mm-hmm. Close quote. And, and that is true. Quantum physics, you know, th- th- sort of the the nature of quantum physics is probabilistic and uncertain. What quantum physics kind of tells us, or the the insight I think that quantum physics gave us um, from all the research, you know, people like Bohr and Einstein and so forth and Heisenberg was that the reality of our universe is uncertainty that, one can never truly know everything.
0: Is that why? At once. Is that why it's supposedly so hard to study?
1: Um, yeah, that's well, that's one of the reasons for sure. I mean, it also involves just like very complex math. I can't even do simple math, yeah. <laughs> but I enjoy like thinking about quantum physics or like what's really going on here, yeah. right? And part of what. Professor Tucker is like purporting, or, or kind of, um, you know, part part of his sort of thesis is that because we don't understand all of the forces in the world and how consciousness works, he sort of links those two things, and, and uh, there there is this concept in quantum physics that things aren't determined um, until they're observed. And that's where he's kind of getting the like consciousness creating reality that that's kind of a, there, there, there is some like real, I think physics, like truth to that. So I guess I kind of understand what he's saying, but I I think it's also kind of making a connection that might just not be there because just because we determine things by looking at them doesn't necessarily mean that consciousness is somehow outside of the physical world. Because that's kind of what he's saying. And therefore, consciousnesses can, like, move from one body to another. And it seems like there's two, like, big logical leaps in there. I'm kind uh, of lost, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, you know, it's 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 all very kind of, like, it gets a little bit hippy-dippy, I think. Or, or like, I don't know, just, like, it's unprovable. And he totally admits that. That, you know, it's the kind of thing that you can't... There's not really evidence that you can give against it or for it, per se. But there's evidence that needs to be explained. That something's there. That something's there. Yeah. There's something we fundamentally don't understand about what's going on with this. With this thing of children remembering their past lives, right? And consciousness being, you know, kind of outside of the body and therefore being able to move from one body to another body. That's, a, you know, kind of a, a logical, within itself, explanation of what's going on there. And there is that kind of anecdotal, you know, evidence, if you want to call it that, that he has from all the case files and everything. Um, and, and there is also, you know, some credence I think that you get from some of that, uh, as well, in, including that the proportion, you know, we talked before about how about 70% say that they, uh, died a violent death. Yeah. Um, that's just about the same as, uh, well, an, a, a violent or, or premature death. Um, as in the uh, general population, apparently. Or at least that's what it said. Although that seems really high. I don't know. But that, that was the thing that I read <laughs> <laughs> in my half assed internet research. Um, oh, this is another weird thing. Some of the children also have birthmarks that seem to mirror the mortal wounds that their past selves sustained. I've heard of that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's real weird. Yes. And it gets even weirder when those same kids tell you that they were this specific person who died in a specific way, which then you look into it and they died that certain way. And because you know about their birthmarks first. And then they tell you that their past self died that way. And you find out that then that looks the same as their birthmarks that they have. Oh,
0: that's so bizarre. <laughs> like, we
1: get it afterwards when the whole story's wrapped in. But imagine if you were their parent, right? And you're, like, researching this yourself. And you're like, what? That person got shot in the back of the head? Like, that's right where they have that weird thing. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you get, like, all tangly. you're like, <laughs> oh, it's weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> the world is weird, um, and oh, that's. Some uh, of this is like yeah. way too much for me. <laughs> I know, I know, and I've got, I've got like, more, more stuff that's, freaky. Um,
0: Tell me another story. You said there was one that was freakier.
1: Well, there's one that is, um, you know, just in in terms of the whole father grandfather thing. That's what I was 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 thinking about. Um, because there was one, and his name was Sam Taylor, and he actually claimed to be the reincarnation of his own paternal grandfather. So he was his own grandpa, in other words. Ah <laughs> my own grandpa. There's the song. Anyway, he <laughs> actually told his dad, while his dad was changing his diaper, he told his dad, I used to change your diaper. Back when I was your dad Dad What the fuck Yeah
0: Wait how old was this kid
1: Uh I Young enough to still be in diapers I think he was younger than two Actually I think this one was a little younger Yeah Yeah just imagine you're changing your kid All normal Oh Poop stinks Weird Baby poop stink (laughs) Gross 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 Babies are gross Also cute But I digress And your little kid, who, like, just started talking, basically, says, like, I used to be your dad. Dad. And then starts talking about stuff from your dad's life that he probably wouldn't know. Like, the fact that his grandfather's sister was murdered. What? Yeah. He said uh, it was something like, Um, she, somebody made her into a fish or something like that. And, uh, she was, like, shot and then her body was thrown in a river. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's the shit. That's the shit I was talking about. That's like... She's a fish? (laughs) I think she probably was reincarnated as a fish. That's
0: what I meant, yeah! Yes.
1: Like... What? Like the Incredible Mr. Limpet.
0: Stop! That right? is too much.
1: Ladyfish.
0: Stop! Stop!
1: Ladyfish. Oh, oh!
0: Oh my God! Wait, what? Do
1: you remember that movie?
0: No, I have no idea what you're
1: talking about. So Don Knotts Disney movie. Oh my God! Mario. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, things and stuff and stuff and things. I also wanted to talk about uh, one other case, James uh, Leninger, who was always fascinated with planes ever since he was, like, a tiny little kid. Only wanted to play with planes. Ah. But planes were also kind of scary to him. And he would have nightmares about a plane crash <gasps> and how he used to be a World War II fighter pilot. And he died over Iwo Jima. What? Yeah, and got shot down when bullets came straight through the front of his plane. So he was describing this. You know, again, this just think about a little four or five year old kid telling you this. No. Kids are freaky. Have you ever seen you've never you don't watch horror movies. No. Which of course we'll talk about when we get to yours.
0: I don't wanna talk about it.
1: But let's talk about some uh things that you don't want to talk about. Uh like the Omen.
0: Fuck that Freaky shit.
1: Little Kid. Children of the Corn, very freaky, multiple kids. Uh oh, The Good Son. Not technically a horror movie, but Macaulay Culkin is very, very creepy.
0: Did I tell you about that kid at the store that I
1: work at? Right.
0: This little kid, they're buy- buying, like, school supplies, and his sister, his older sister, is like, school supplies are very important. This kid who was maybe, like, three or four, he goes, but not as important as staying alive. And I was like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That little kid was uh, very wise. Yes, you, you are correct. Staying alive is more important than school supplies. <laughs> yeah. Totally true, totally true.
0: Where did that happen? (laughs) I
1: don't know. (laughs) Do you think that little kid remembered his past life? He seems like the kind of kid who would. I don't know, dude. Getting back to James Leninger, this whole thing about the aircraft pilot... Yeah, what happened? So he claimed that his old self was also named James. And in fact, he even knew the name of the... Uh, aircraft carrier that he claims you know that he flew planes off of so his parents do research they find that the fighter pilots who flew off of that aircraft carrier there was one named James James Huston who died over Iwo Jima and another pilot who survived and saw him being shot down said that the bullets came through the front of the plane just like James Leninger described. What? This is the stuff. This is the evidence that makes me say, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Ooh. And that makes me feel weird. I
0: don't like this. <laughs> oh, what a great topic.
1: This is why I was excited about this one. So, what the fuck, right? <laughs> like, what is going on? Are these past lives real? These are the questions I'm left with. Yes. Is this reincarnation? Is it some kind of collective unconsciousness? Why do only young children remember these things? Why is it from two to six? Why, you know, how could consciousness exist outside of the corporeal body, the the realm of physical stuff that we know of? Is consciousness something else, or is it just chemistry and what goes on within the physics of our heads?
0: Well, I guess that kind of can be, uh, what's the word, related to out-of-body experiences.
1: Sure, and near near-death experiences. Where that you're looking
0: down at yourself, type right? Of shit?
1: Exactly. That Have you ever crazy. had one of those? No. I I remember having saying. one that's in uh, in like middle school, like one time. Yeah, it's strange. Are you okay? Yeah. I think it's it's something to do with puberty or something, like, when you're... Which is also maybe the case with this, too, because they said, like, six is, like, this time of, like, kind of reformation in your brain. It's, like, a big developmental, liminal kind of point. So maybe that's why it, like, stops happening around that time. Who knows? I don't. (laughs) So we're left with a lot of questions, but... I do. I, I, I must say, I am very much less skeptical than I was going into this.
0: That makes me very happy.
1: I You know, we were talking about um, the uh, Tyson zone before we started uh, uh, recording. Uh, Bill Simmons' uh, term for uh, a person or a story or what have you about which you would really believe anything. You know, and uh, this is kind of one of those things for me. Um, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, the possibilities are pretty endless. So, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be following Jim Tucker's work. That's for sure, though. <laughs> and um, yeah, so my sources, a story by Sean Lyons, like I said, in UVA magazine called uh, The Science of Reincarnation. Um, An NBC nightly news segment Called Boy Remembers Amazing Details of Past Life As Hollywood Actor (laughs) Actor Actor Uh, Six Kids (laughs) Who Remember Their Past Lives Uh, YouTube Video And then uh, There was another YouTube video um, That was called something very similar Oh Six Creepy Kids Who Remember Their Past Lives Uh. And those kids are fucking creepy I just want to say that. Those kids creep me out.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. I'm trying to be Linda, but it's not working.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you couldn't even tell. I just
1: want to be Linda from Bob's Burgers and sing, and sing and sing and sing and sing and sing. Oh, my God.
0: Because
1: That's what Linda would do. Segway. Because I'm Linda. That was... I'm not yeah. trying to sound like her. I'm just trying to sing like her. Um,
0: segue, segue,
1: segue. Segue, 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 segue. Uh. Segue, segue, segue.
0: segue. The Exorcist. I don't know why the fuck I decided to choose
1: this. This. Shit's, <laughs> this so we should say at the outset that you hate horror movies. I hate horror
0: movies. I have not seen this movie, you guys. I,
1: Nor would you consent to see it. No,
0: I don't want to see it. Right. This shit scares the crap out of me. This is my literally. biggest fear.
1: Have you ever literally crapped out of fear? No. Damn. I would, that would be really funny if you had. <laughs> I'd cannot. laugh. I'd laugh at you. Anyway, go on.
0: And we're also, and I'm also going along with our, you know, our little paranormal yes, theme yes, we've got yes, going yes. on here. So, I'm going to talk about all the weird shit surrounding The Exorcist, mm-hmm. but fo- I'm mainly going to focus on the f- the fact that it was based on a real exorcism, the exorcism of Roland Doe. So, and I'm talking about the 1973 version of The Exorcist, directed right. by William Friedkin and based on the book by William Peter Blatty.
1: Right, right. So, the real... Reverend th- William Peter Blatty. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh the real exorcism of Roland Doe, the story begins in the late 1940s. Um, and Roland Doe, and this is like a big part of the story too, Roland Doe is a fake name to keep the boy anonymous. It is believed that his name could have been Ronald Hunkler. Um, and technically his real identity has never been, never been released. Hmm. Um, so what started all of the weird crap with um, Roland was the death of his aunt Harriet who she was a spirit spiritualist and she introduced Roland to the Ouija board just saying anyway right just put just get out important <laughs> important
1: yes so, don't mess with the Ouija board fuck
0: with the Ouija boards <laughs> if
1: we have one piece of advice that we want to leave you with it's do not don't Fuck with, with the, the Ouija, Ouija board. boards. Yes. Don't do it. Okay. Oh, also don't say Bloody Mary into a mirror three times.
0: Shh, don't even get me started on that shit. That shit freaks me out. We're moving on to something that's <laughs>
1: creepy, also. Yes, yes, yes. yes.
0: Uh, Ouija board, blah. So the family started noticing weird things happening, you know, after her death, after she died. So there were strange noises going on. Uh, furniture would move when. On its own accord, when he walked near, and ordinary objects such as vases were flying and levitating when he was nearby, and he heard and saw shit that was like, yeah, he like heard and saw stuff, and was like, thought he heard could hear scratching on the walls, and like there's a there's reports that his mattress would.
1: Is that
0: fucked up? Stop! It, I don't need a Foley artist. Okay.
1: <laughs> but I want to be one.
0: <laughs> so just like in the movie. Um, the family went to doctors, therapists, psychiatrists, but they weren't any help. Mm -hmm. So they went to their Lutheran pastor named Luther Miles Scholes, who advised them to go
1: see a Catholic priest. Um, (laughs) I think we're going to need a stronger religion. I think we're going to need a Catholic
0: for this one. (laughs) I think we're going
1: to need a bigger religion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they actually went through a number of exorcisms on this kid.
1: Right, which is typical.
0: The first was done by Edward Hughes, a Roman Catholic priest at Georgetown University Hospital. Um, during this exorcism, he allegedly slipped, uh, slipped one of his hands out of the restraints, broke a bedspring from under the mattress, and used it as an impromptu weapon, slashing the priest's arm and resulting in the exorcism ritual being halted.
1: I I would think so. Yes. I think once once your uh, exorcisee is uh, slashing you with a piece of the bed, it's p- pretty much done at that point. I think the demon has won. <laughs> I think we say at that point he's won that battle. Maybe not the war. Go on.
0: Okay. Uh. So the family uh, went to St. Louis, and uh on advice of the other priest, and Mm. talked to two priests father walter h halloran and reverend william bodern um and these were two priests at st louis university who after like seeing some of the shit that this kid was doing asked the archbishop if they could perform an exorcism and these are the two guys that performed like the main exorcism and Mm. eventually supposedly were successful
1: so was one of them old and one of them young or did that not figure into it? I don't know. See, this is another thing. I I was talking about how we, there would is be it things like that in the from movie? the exactly, but you haven't seen the movie. I don't know. Go on.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, there. As I'm like doing my research or whatever, there's a lot of conflicting reports on how long they performed the exorcism for. I found stuff from like two weeks to two months to. I couldn't really find anything like concrete. Sure. But um, lots of things allegedly happened during this time. There were welts on the skin, unexplained scratches. Um, When he was, uh, read scriptures, he would scream and thrash violently. Um, His bed would continue to uncontrollably shake. And it was just overall, like, outburst and, like, violent behavior of this little kid. So, um, after... However long, these um, exorcists, the family took Roland Roland to the Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis, where the final exorcism was performed. So they had to take him to the hospital to do it this time. Um, so because of this poison, uh, they wanted him to stay anonymous. A lot of the priests and people involved in it didn't really talk,
1: mm-hmm. except
0: for Halloran. Halloran did talk a a little bit about it, but he would stray away from anything involving that would reveal this kid's identity. So Halloran shared what he knew of the case, but always stopped short of saying anything that, yeah, that might identify the child. Um, His most detailed recollections were told more than a decade ago in Washington, D.C., to Washington, D.C.-based author Thomas B. Allen, who in 1993 he published a book uh, called *Possessed: The True Story of an Exorcism*. So, according to this author, who got these the stuff the interview from this priest, um, it relied he- heavily on the, that priest's account, Halloran. Um, and most important, he had an unedited copy of the exorcism exorcism diary that Halloran mm. did. Um, so, in it is. A day-by-day chronicle of the possession beginning January 15th, 1949, when the family first heard odd noises in their house. And ending April 19th when Bodern, uh, one of the other priests, is said to have finally cast Satan from the boy. So that's basically the story. Um... Yeah, of like the the, the story of um, Behind the Exorcist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we're going to talk about the shit that happened surrounding the movie and the production. Right. So when it was in the early stages of production, the director, uh, Friedkin, met with Reverend Robert J. Henley, the president of Georgetown, who secretly passed him an old red folder with Halloran's diaries and other eyewitness accounts
1: of the true mm. life exorcism.
0: So we also had access to this. Interesting. This movie caused mass hysteria. The reports of fainting, people vomiting in the aisles, people being institutionalized, crazy weird shit. There are many deaths associated with the movie, and apparently nine people connected to the production died. Like it's a lot. It's very weird. Yeah. So Ellen Burstyn, uh, who played. I believe she played the mother. Mm. Received a permanent spinal injury during filming in the sequence where she was thrown away from her possessed daughter. A harness jerked her away from the bed too hard, and she fell on her coccyx. Coccyx. Coccyx, and screamed in pain.
1: It's one, it's one of the most painful bones to break in your body.
0: This was this footage, which kept in the movie, and the scr- and her screams are genuine. What? Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's like in uh, Ben Hur in in the big uh, chariot sequence. There's a guy who gets trampled and, and dies. Who died? Really died? As oh my god! During the production, and it's in the movie. Oh. So I guess. And sometimes in Hollywood, it's like, well, I don't know. I guess. Maybe. Anyway, go that's on. <laughs> up.
0: So. Another thing that happened was the set actually uh, caught fire Ooh. and destroyed what was supposed to be the set of the, the home, the, the McNeil's home, oh. which is the the family. In there. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the director reported that it seemed that Pigeon had found its way into one of the circuit boxes, and that's what caused the fire. Mm. This delayed production... Satanic for, Pigeon. First, yep. This delayed production for six weeks. It was also creepy about this, that the entire home was set... Set home, was burned except for Reagan's room.
1: <gasps> what? On except. the second floor? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird.
0: Um, so, two of the main deaths, actors Jack McGowan and Vasiliki M- Maliaros, both died during post-production. McGowan died of the flu, and Maliaros died of natural causes. Max von Sydow, who played one of the priests, mm-hmm. his brother died on the first day of filming. Mm. In 1987, which is um about 14 years later after the movie was released, Mercedes McCambridge, the actress who played the demon Pazuzu, experienced a horrific, a horrific tragedy. After her son was accused of fraud, he murdered his wife and children, and then he killed himself. Whoa. Yeah. And there was a lot of shit that happened to poor Linda Blair, right. the main right. child star of the movie. Right. Um, during production, her grandfather passed away. Um, she was also injured. Um, she was thrown out of bed when a piece of rigging broke. And she injured her back. Um, after the movie came out, she received so many death threats um, that she uh, they had to hire bodyguards. And they wow. ended up like... Well, being monitored for like twenty four hours a day for about six months?
1: Because people don't know the difference between an actor and a character. It's weird. It's, no, it's why, I don't. I don't understand like, how why was like it's 14. that hard. Yeah.
0: Um. So there was also some weird shit going on with the director. Okay. He was a little nuts.
1: hmm Peter Friedkin.
0: Um, William. William. Friedkin. William Fridkin. Went to some extraordinary. I like, I like calling
1: him freaking. Freaking because he's a freak.
0: Went to some extraordinary lengths to, uh, fucking basically abuse the cast.
1: Mm. Um,
0: if they if they didn't do what he wanted, if he didn't get the effect to that they wanted, it must be real. At one point, he fired off guns behind the actors to get the required startled startle- effect that he wanted on on camera. <laughs> That's unreasonable. He, um. He was said to have slapped one actor across the face before rolling the camera. He even went as far as to put Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn in, in harnesses and have crew members yank them violently so they could like get that weird whatever effect.
1: Which, like you said, led to injuries. injuries. Yeah, multiple um, injuries.
0: So they also got an actual priest to play the part of Father Dryer and this guy was named William O'Malley and he's the one who fucking got slapped by the director He because, slapped a real yeah, priest because he wasn't like, acting startled enough and in the movie you can see his hands shaking Yeah and that like is real
1: Wow like, what the, <sighs> Hey it worked um, <laughs> I mean, if the ends justify yeah. the means.
0: So those are basically the creepy things, the story behind The Exorcist, the movie, and some of the creepy things that went off of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, other fun fact: the vomit, the projectile vomit right. scene was actually
1: pea soup. Right. And wasn't it like really hot?
0: Uh oh! There was a fact that I forgot to leave out. This fu- This crazy director.
1: You mean the you? Anyway, go on. <laughs>
0: That I forgot to leave out.
1: But you did leave it out.
0: That I forgot to put in.
1: (laughs) Sorry, that was not necessary. Go on. That I forgot
0: to put in was that Friedkin wanted to see their breaths. Like, actually wanted to see them breathe. Right, right, right. So he refrigerated their rooms.
1: I just thought that was, like, a special effect.
0: No! He refrigerated their rooms.
1: See this is like people think that actors are like, you know, whatever like um snowflakes and like it like no like sometimes they go through some really bad shit. Yeah. Especially in like those movie in some movies. Anyway. Didn't Linda Blair also have to be like committed after at some point?
0: I didn't read anything about that.
1: Okay. I've heard that before. Maybe that's not true. But I had heard that she was, like, so, like, freaked out by the whole thing that she was, like, had to be committed for a time.
0: It's possible.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It is a really good movie, though. Like, that's the thing. Like, you're telling me all this stuff, like, slappings and back breakings and so forth. But, I mean, it turned into a good movie. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, you know, so maybe it was worth it. I don't know. I'm just kidding.
0: Describe my face right now.
1: <laughs> you, uh, you look uh, incredulous. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I don't know.
0: <sighs>
1: no, that's it. Don't slap your actors. <laughs> don't don't make people sit in a real refrigerator room. Don't slap your actors. It's a good general rule.
0: Oh, you my know. sources. Um, Wikipedia. An Entertainment Weekly article by Anthony Bresnikan, All This, com article by William DeLong, Riverfront Times article by Chad Garrison, 13.4 article. I really like 13.4, by the way. Oh, yeah. By David Ian McHenry, and Ranker, Ranker, right. article by Christopher Myers, and the little IMDb facts page. Oh, yeah. That they have. Right. That's right. where I got some of that.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. T- typically got some good stuff on there for sure. So, yeah. Oh, and you were you were gonna look into um, the Omen as well, right? No, not or, the Omen.
0: I was gonna look into Poltergeist, the poltergeist. But it was bullshit. But yeah, it was. Ba- it was pretty much. I looked at it and it was pretty much debunked. Yeah. I, I like read about it and it was mostly deaths that were coincidences and uh, like obviously coincidences. Right. Because, like one of the guys who died was like battling cancer for like eighteen months and stuff like that. Like it wasn't. There was as like, exciting as I
1: had hoped. Right, about. right, right, right. But that one was, yeah, that was good. I mean, there was definitely some weird, weird shit going on around there. So yeah.
0: Speaking of weird shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, do we have a
0: weird weird shit, shit in, in the, the news? news? We're so off oh, right God. now.
1: We did it so well the first couple of times. It just happened. It was just like. What anyway. Happened? Whatever. I have one. <laughs> yes, you you have one this time. I don't. So. It's not
0: weird. Yeah, last time I didn't. Have, we need to, we'll, we'll walk out. Well, yes. We'll get it. Right. So usually, uh, this isn't really weird news. It's like good well, news. Well, it's kind of weird
1: too because, you know, it's like, you know, it seems like very uh, improbable, but not in our modern Facebook world or. I guess Huawei if you're in uh, China, which is where this story originates.
0: Yeah, so...
1: You said it was a cabbie in Chengdu, right?
0: Hold on, give me Joseph's
1: sec. Okay. I don't know, I'm trying to think if there's anything weird. Well, there was a weird story that I read in science news, but I don't know if it would really be that interesting as weird shit in the news, because it's like, they found this galaxy where there's no dark matter, and that's really weird, because they thought... That there had to be dark matter in a galaxy for it to like form. But okay, I can't find I it. But
0: basically, um, parents uh, from China had uh, lost their three-year-old child one day when they they ran like a fruit market and they uh, she was there one moment they turned around she was gone. Um, they searched for her for 24 years and they finally found her. Uh, she, what the culprit is, uh, she was, um, put into human trafficking mm. and, uh, um, was adopted somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just a really good story cause yeah. there were good pictures of them like re- reuniting and hugging and like. The, the one of the main things that helped was the sketch, uh, the like aging sketch. And mm-hmm. it looks just like her. Oh, like wow. they always not always, but they sure. often do. Sure. Sure. Just so bizarre.
1: And he said that his um, the people who rode in his cab helped and they used like yeah. social media. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. That is definitely good. United and it feels so good. <sighs> now will keep on it. it is time Thanks for listening, y'all. Yes,
0: yeah, thank you for listening. Tell all your friends about us. We
1: super appreciate it.
0: Comment, rate, subscribe.
1: Let us know what you think. Give us
0: all of the stars. Love us. Or we, or you can just or you like, can slash us to pieces. Whatever. Tell us
1: what's up. We just want to know. We just want to know. How are we doing? Let us know. We're very insecure. No, we're super secure. This is like a
0: hobby and it's pretty chill, so.
1: <laughs> I think once we actually get our shit together and um start our Patreon that we've been talking about like <laughs> forever, maybe we'll uh, take it a little more seriously. get there. If you give us money, we'll take it more seriously. That's our commitment to you. Uh... Money equals more work from us, because we don't have to work in other
0: places.
1: (laughs) Oh, and we, like I said, we want to sound better. A little bit better. We do want
0: to sound better. So,
1: if you give us money, we also will commit to sounding better. And finding more weird shit.
0: In the news?
1: In the news. I think we're done. Yeah. Good job, you? Bye. (laughs) Bye.